This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Earlier in the show, we were talking about the federal government's announcement, if you can call it that, on long-term care. And for stakeholders' perspective, let's go to Dr. Samir Sinha, the Director of Geriatrics at Mount Sinai and the University Health Network. And he was also one of the authors of the guidelines. Hi, Dr. Sinha. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. Uh, so, What's your reaction this morning? You know, we were all waiting with bated breath and heard uh, nothing that was remotely anything new. Yeah, I mean, I think the key was that today, as the minister said, you know, the ministers both said was they wanted to, you know, again, reannounce the fact that we now have new national standards and they wanted to uh, confirm that uh, they're committed to seeing these these standards implemented with the $3 billion they've committed over the next five years uh, to really help incentivize provinces to actually start, you know, meeting these standards overall. One thing that I thought was interesting was they've uh, mentioned a timeline for the new Safe Long-Term Care Act that both the Liberals and the NDP have committed to actually passing. Um, The minister actually did say today that they want to um, have that legislation tabled within a few months. Um, and that's reassuring to hear because I think that's going to be a key mechanism that could potentially help us implement and hopefully enforce these standards as well. Uh, I think you uh, hit it where you had said they wanted to reannounce. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I don't even understand what the point is if they're uh, not heading to an election. You know, we hear reannouncements all the time. I don't really. How does this move the process forward without any kind of, um, you know, making anything mandatory or, or anything like that? Well, I think part of it is that uh, when we launched the standards a few weeks ago, we have to remember that it wasn't actually the government's announcement to make. It was actually one that um, the independent groups, the health standards organizations and Canada Standards uh, Association, um, the two groups that actually were tasked developing these standards, we did these as as independent um, organizations, uh, you know, accredited by the Standards Council of Canada, trusted to develop this work. So that was our announcement to do that. I think what I was was pleased, and I think when the ministers were asked today, so why are you announcing it? Because they said, well, we want to now announce the fact that you've done this work, that we're endorsing it, that we're linking it with this money, um, and also trying to. Um, you know, recommit the fact that we are going to be passing new legislation. We are making, you know, billions of dollars of new investments, um, including reannouncing today $1.7 billion as part of these new health accords to specifically try and get personal support workers a living wage of at least $25 an hour or more, which is a significant increase than what they're currently getting paid for doing really important work. Uh, absolutely. But uh, again, uh, if there is no stick, right? I mean, uh, even in the last round, I forget the last round of whatever here in in uh, Ontario, uh, there were some long-term care homes said, 
oh, well, if you do that, we're not going to be able to meet the four-hour standard. I mean, if there's no requirement to meet the standard and you get your money that's the same, how are things going to change? Yeah, well, I think it's the key is that we have to keep raising awareness, the fact that there are new national standards that exist, that 20,000 Canadians have said this is what Canada's standard needs to be. The good news is, is that, you know, when you raise attention to these issues, you know, politicians can't ignore it for long. Ontario, at the start of this pandemic, was funding its homes, choosing to fund its homes to provide two hours and 45 minutes of care per resident per day. It was our long-term care commission that shone a light on the issue and said, you need to be funding at least four hours of care a day. And that's what our national standards have said as well. So it puts pressure and there are new dollars that are coming through now that are going to be linked uh, increasingly to these standards saying, look, you know, if you're not actually funding this level of care, if you're not funding your staff properly, you know, as we like to say, the conditions of work are the conditions of care. So I appreciate that. I would have liked to have heard, heard more. I was pleased to hear that we finally have a timeline for this new Safe Long-Term Care Act. Um, I'm very interested to seeing that this money that is being announced and, and, uh, and these commitments, I'm hoping that the more that it's linked to these standards, the more likely that these standards are going to become, if you will, um, the real standard by which we can all expect long-term care to be delivered. But, you know, in Ontario, for example, right now it, it remains, you know, with the Minister of Long-Term Care. And right now our Minister of Long-Term Care, his response to the new standards, the new national standards, as he said, well, we actually have some of the best standards in Ontario. No, no, no. He said, to- he said we have the best yeah, we have. Thank you, Libby. We <laughs> That's have what he said. And we don't. And he said we don't want to water down our standards in Ontario. Well. That's, I think, before the minister read the standards, thousands of Ontarians actually said, no, actually, no, actually, let's show you what needs to be done. And, you know, here's the deal. You know, in Ontario, um, you can have the best legislation. You can have double the number of inspectors you did two years ago. But if they're not actually laying fines, if they're not actually doing useful things, if they're giving people voluntary plans of correction when they see things like elder abuse occur, then that just reminds us that, you know, things can be toothless unless you actually really back them up with enforcement in that. So what the key thing is I was I was I was pleased to see that at least our ministers of seniors in health federally are saying, no, not only do we endorse these standards and we want to announce them ourselves, we're putting billions of dollars around them. And in our conversations with the provinces, Ontario can now apply for money, you know, but it has to show that this money is going to be aligned, you know, with what the government says should be good, high quality care. You made a reference to yet another announcement from another level of government. It was, I don't know, a few days ago or last week, I lose track. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was about the inspectors. So we know, especially during the pandemic, that there were, as a matter of fact, since the, since this government came to power, there was almost no enforcement. And during the pandemic, enforcement was done on the telephone. Um, sounds useful. Uh, so we heard last week or whenever it was that there was going to be a doubling of inspectors. So uh, is that going to do the trick or were you looking for something else in that announcement regarding the fining? Well, this is the challenge, right? I mean, the, this government has come out saying we have tough new legislation. We're doubling the fines. You know, we can find homes as much as $2 million now or $1 million if they do things wrong. 
The problem is, is that, you know, we have all these inspectors running around, maybe, maybe just running around and making phone calls. But the problem is, is that when the inspectors are not actually enforcing things, when they give what we call a voluntary plan of correction, if I say to you, Libby, you know, you're abusing your residence, you shouldn't be doing that. I'm going to offer you an opportunity to create a voluntary plan of correction. What does that mean? That means you can choose to respond or not. There's no, I don't, there's no requirement that I, that you do anything. And there's no, there's no teeth where I'm actually going to come back and see if you did anything at all. That's what these inspectors are currently doing. I think it's garbage. I don't think it's anything in the level of accountability. So you can say, we've got all these inspectors, we've got tough laws, but I want to actually see that we actually have people looking at the care that's being provided, and if they're seeing that things are not being done well enough, A, we support these homes and say, what do we need to do to support you to reach the quality of care we expect and need? And if you're not doing it, if you're a bad actor, lay a freaking fine. Because it's one thing to say you have a fine available, but if you don't actually ever give them out, then what's the point? Okay, so has this government ever levied a fine? Honestly, I think I can count the number of fines this government has laid under their new tough legislation or since they took power in 2018, probably on the fingers of my hands. That's it. And you know, I think they've, they, they made a big deal that they found they, that, you know, while they were promising every room would have air conditioning by X date, I think they laid two fines last year of $25,000 for not getting air conditioning uh, by the deadline. Um, there might have been a few other fines, but we're talking minuscule fines, not the numbers the minister likes to tout that we can fine up to a million dollars, um, and never a fine about something truly serious um, uh, when you really have negligence. You have to remember, this is the same government that also put a shield around this long-term care home to protect them against getting sued because of the pandemic. Well, exactly. And uh, the thing that I had heard about that, that that was in response to uh, homes, both for-profit and not-for-profit, saying, if you don't do that, we'll never get insurance. You know, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's all these sorts of, you know, excuses that frankly, you know, it's, it's one thing that I find I'm getting tired of it. I think we're all getting tired of it when we have politicians who talk tough, but then, you know, we're like, where's the beef, right? You know, where's, you know, like, where's, where are the results here? So what I'm really happy at least is, um, while we had an arm's length process to develop standards that 20,000 Canadians participating in, at least I had the Minister of Health and seniors federally saying, you know, we like these standards. You know, we had no clue what you'd come up with, but clearly the only complaint that we're hearing now, loud and clear, is why aren't they being mandated? Now, of course, the federal government can't mandate something over it has that it doesn't actually oversee and run. It has to leave that to the provinces and territories, but it certainly can use its money and it can certainly use other mechanisms to get more places kind of aligning uh, to these standards as well. And I'm hoping to see some real action in that, especially with this idea of the new Safe Long-Term Care Act. Mm-hmm. And do you have any kind of thought about, you know, once this Safe Long-Term Act is passed, uh, do you think that things will improve quickly or same old, same old? You, know, you never know. But right now, you know, Don Davies, the, uh, the, the 
the, the health critic for the NDP, you know, he came out the day after the standards were released a few weeks ago, saying that he wants to make sure that the Safe Long-Term Care Act, which is part of the NDP and Liberal Supply and Confidence Agreement to keep this government in power, and he said that he wants to make sure that these standards are mandated as part of that act. And mandating might mean that that can be part of inspection enforcement mechanisms. So, again, you're right. The proof's in the pudding. You know, what actually is that act going to say? Are there going to be teeth? Um, And if we don't tie these new dollars to these standards, it may be very hard to see us get meaningful change that Canadians are very clear they want and need. Mm-hmm. And well, even the the other thing that always seems to happen with dollars is that they're announced, they're reannounced, but it's a an awfully long time before they arrive. Absolutely. I mean, right now we know that this government uh, in Ontario, for example, is sitting on five billion dollars of funding that they haven't, you know, actually used. Yet we actually have a home care system and a, and a long term care system that aren't being given the funds. Uh, that they need to actually deliver the care that people want. And then we're wondering, why are our hospitals so backlogged? And why are people living in hospitals? Because we're sitting on a pile of dollars that could actually do a lot more good and actually make the system work better if we actually use them properly where they need to be used as well. So again, you know, it's, it's one thing to talk. It's another thing to actually just get things done. Um, and we all want to see action. Okay. Um, what would you like to leave us with? Um, just let's stay on this. And honestly, Libby, thank you. Thank you for continuing to focus on these issues, asking the right questions and making sure that people stay accountable. Oh, you're making me blush. Uh, Dr. Samir Sinha, thanks very much. Thank you very much, Libby. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Uh, that is all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.